Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 1. I'm going to read from the King James Version. I'm going to read uh, this. It's only 12 verses, this entire chapter. It says this, Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. The melting fire burneth, the fire causeth the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence. When thou didst terrible things which we look not for, Thou camest down, the mountains flowed down at thy presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Thou meetest him that rejoiceth and worketh righteousness, those that remember thee in thy ways. Behold, thou art wroth. For we have sinned, in those is continuance, and we shall be saved. But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousness are as filthy rags, as we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities." But now, O Lord, thou art our father, we are the clay, and thou art potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. Be not wroth, very sore, O Lord, neither remember iniquity forever. Behold, see, we beseech thee, we are all thy people. Thy holy cities are a wilderness, Zion is a wilderness, Jerusalem a desolation, our holy and our beautiful house where our fathers praise thee is burned up with fire and all our pleasant things are laid waste. Wilt thou refrain thyself for these things, O Lord? Wilt thou hold thy peace and afflict us very sore? I want to preach to you on this first sermon of 2024, a plea for God's presence. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me as I do the same for you? Father, thank you so much. Thank you for a beautiful atmosphere already this morning. Thank you, God, for a great men's breakfast. Thank you, O Lord, for great worship already in this service. Now, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice here today. I pray that you'd open their hearts, minds, and spirits to your word. I pray that the word of God would fall onto good ground and produce a hundredfold harvest in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that you'd anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the clarity of thought and the clarity of speech that is so absolutely necessary to do what you've called me to do here today. And Father, we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you as you're seated. Would you turn to two or three people, give them a fist bump, and tell them, I'm glad to see you here on this first Sunday in 2020. 24. Amen. If I get somebody to bring those lights the rest of the way up, I know it's still early in the morning and I don't want anybody 
fallen asleep on me this morning. We find that the prophet cried out in verse 1, Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. What a plea. What appealing words from a burdened heart of a man to an all-wise and all-powerful God asking for a manifestation of God's power and God's presence. I don't want to get too ahead of myself in this message, but even at the outset, I want to tell you my heart today is for a manifestation of the power and the presence of the Lord God Almighty. I'm more convinced today than ever before that there is nothing that will do. Nothing can change us. Nothing can change lives. Nothing is going to do what needs to be done short of the manifestation of the power of an almighty God. The first thing I see here this morning is that there was a great need for the revelation of God's presence. The prophet Isaiah stated in verse 5, he said, we have sinned. And then in verse 6, that famous verse that we quote many times where he says, our righteousness are as filthy rags. You know, when it comes to our righteousness, when it comes to what we can do and what we have to offer, we're only filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. You know, Randy mentioned in, in the devotion this morning at men's breakfast today how Pastor Steve McCuller right here in this sanctuary one Sunday said, if you really knew me and all that I am, you'd never want to listen to me again. And I sure can't stand up here any differently. If you knew me and, and everything that I've ever done, you probably would vote me out today or even tar and feather me and send me out. But you know, none of us in our, of ourselves are worthy of anything but an eternity in hell. All our righteousness is like filthy rags. And then Isaiah said in verse 7, he said, Thou hast hid thy face from us. I'm just going to tell you something old-fashioned here today, and you may like it, you may not, but I remind us today that God will not look on sin. God will not bless a life that is filled with sin. I'm not talking about when we mess up that, that he's immediately throwing us out. I'm talking about when we allow sin to be prevalent, when we allow sin to rule and reign in our lives. God, the old timers used to say it like this, the holy power and the presence and the manifestation of the glory of God to be in our lives and in our churches if we we are allowing sin to reign in our lives. He went on to say this in verse 10. He said, thy holy cities are a wilderness. And in verse 11, are holy and our beautiful house where our fathers praise thee is burned up with fire. You see, sometimes we have to come to a place of hopelessness before we are ready for a move of God. You so Israel had faced what many what they face uh, in in cycles before, and I believe what us as Americans especially have faced before. You know, people get down and people get out, and things are bad, and they call on the name of the Lord God. Watch it in the Bible. Watch it in the cycle of Israel as they're 
slaves to the Egyptians, the Bible said, they began to call out to the Lord. And the Lord heard them. And the Lord raised up a deliverer named Moses and got them out. And they got to the promised land. And what happened is God began to bless and they began to live in plenty. And the giants were driven out of the land. What happened? They began to become complacent where they were. And anytime everything's going good, we've got a tendency as human beings, and not just us, for as long as man has been on this planet, we have a tendency to, if everything's going our way and everything's good and there's money in the bank and food on the table, suddenly we don't really need God quite as much anymore as we think we do. And then God will allow things to happen. God allowed in the case of Israel, he allowed a foreign king named Nebuchadnezzar to come in with his Babylonian army and take Israel and take them out of their land and burn down their city, Jerusalem, and burn down the temple until it brought them to a place of hopelessness where once again they begin to cry out again and say, we must have the manifest power of presence of God in our lives. And church, I'm telling you here today in Starkville, Mississippi, I don't want to get let it get to that place that bad again. I pray to God in 2024 that we once again come to a realization that we are in a desperate need for the manifestation of the power and the presence of an almighty God in our lives again. Yes, there was a great need for God to come down, first for Israel's own salvation, assurance, and strength. But it wasn't just about that, because secondly, it was that the nations may tremble or be affected at his presence in verse 2. You see, in verse 15 of chapter 63, the prophet had asked God to look down from heaven. But in 64 and 1, the prayer was, come down. You see, there are times, and I know we talk about it, God isn't an um, omnipresent God. He is with us at all times. He will never leave us or forsake us, but I cannot go through the motions here today on this first Sunday of 2024 and not talk about the fact that the Bible is clear and I've lived it enough. You know there are times, there are different times. I know God will never leave me nor forsake me, but I also know that there are special times where the power, the Shekinah, the manifest glory of God will come down into a worship service or even in a prayer closet or a vehicle when I'm by myself. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? I know there's some that want to argue about it, but I listen, they must not have ever experienced the power and presence of God. I know that he's always with me, that he never leaves me or forsake me, but there are times where I long for the power and the presence of Almighty God to come down into the place where I'm at because God's presence changes everything. As I keep moving this morning, we find that God did come down among his people. The word declares that God came down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people in Exodus 19. We find the description in verse 18 reveals that the whole mount quaked greatly. 
Now, once again, I'm going to preach just a little bit old-fashioned this morning and remind you that when God shows up in the place, things are not going to remain the same. I agree that God loves all of us. God cares about all of us. The invitation is open that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But I continue to become more and more convinced every day that when God shows up in your life, your life will not remain the same. When God shows up in a place, the place is not going to remain the same. When the manifest kind of glory of God comes into a place, the place will be shaken. David saw God in a vision and said that he cried unto him and he trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. And in verse 10 it says, and he rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. You see, I think it's time once again that we find this great perspective again of God. I thank God that he did come and became Emmanuel, God with us. But can I remind you that he is still the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Can I remind you that he still sits and rules and reigns in heaven? Can I remind you today that when he comes back to this earth again, he's not coming as a little baby, but he's coming as a conquering king. He's coming riding on a white horse with righteousness written on his thigh. I believe that God is still high and lifted up when God was seen by Elijah in 1 Kings 19 and 11 the Bible said a great and a strong wind rend the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord Micah saw the Lord coming in Micah 1 3 and 4 forth out of his place and the mountains were molten under him and the valleys mountains represent that which is most firm and solid and strong upon the face of the earth and if the mountains quake and melt and flow down at his presence what a might and a power he must possess have you ever been into a mountainous rocky region I can and remember, I did a I did an illustrated sermon one time when we lived up in Illinois. There were some cliffs by the Mississippi River, and, and there was there was a lot of rain that year, and they were having mudslides. But up at up at the top of one of those places, built on a rock, was a little a bed and breakfast that sat up there, and it was built on the rock. And while there were other houses where mud was taking down, it didn't matter how much it rained. The house that was built on the rock kept sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. Can I tell you, it takes great power. It takes great force to break rocks. But I'm reminded today as the Bible describes over and over that the mountains melt and that the mountains bow down. That's the kind of God I serve. He'll break the mountains. He'll melt the mountains. There is nothing that my God cannot do. What a mighty and unlimited power of our great and eternal God and Father.
According to Isaiah 64 and 2, it's like the melting fire that burneth, or rather the fire that kindles brushwood and makes water to boil. The meaning is that the mountains were as powerless to resist Jehovah God as brushwood or water is to resist burning fire. In fact, the writer in Hebrews 12 and 29 writes it like this. He said, our God is a consuming fire. I don't know about you, but as we step into this new year of 20. 2024, I've got some stuff that I need the fire of God to come down, and I need him to change. There's some stuff that's been in your life for too long, and you just can't seem to change it. Can I tell you, there's still a God that sits on the throne that he can change anything. There's nothing that is impossible. There's nothing too big. There's not a mountain that he can't bring low. There's not a valley that he cannot raise up. Can I remind you this morning that our God is a consuming fire, and he can burn up anything that needs to be gone in your life. The need for a mighty manifestation of God's presence is just as great today as it was in Isaiah's day. I don't think I need to stand up here and give you a long explanation for that. I think most of you, if you're here on a 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning, you're aware of it. The need for God to show himself and, the, and to rend the heavens is as great today as it was in the days of old. When you look at that word, the word rend in the original Hebrew in verse 1 is a strong term, which means to tear asunder as a garment in grief many times when we read in those times when 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 word of bad things would come to them they would take their garments and they would tear them in grief not only that but it also refers to a wild beast tearing someone or some animal to pieces i know in our soft day today we don't like to think about those things but that was a common thing for them at that time you see if there's a wild beast just turn on old you may remember mutual of omaha or turn on the animal channel or something like that watch some of those lions watch some of those predators as they get their claws or they get their teeth into their prey and how they begin to tear the flesh that's what this word is referring to here the prophet is asking isaiah was saying god don't don't just kind of wait around. Don't just take your time. Don't just try to just barely unzip the heavens. and take. He said, I need you like a wild animal to literally tear open the heavens as fast as you can to come down to where I'm at. Oh, God, would the church once again get that kind of desire to say, God, would you tear open the heavens and get down to us as fast as you possibly can? We must have a manifestation of the divine presence in this day. We must have it now or soon it will be too late. We can't just go through the motions any longer. We can't just go through our attempts any longer. We've got to come to the place in 2024 where we realize it and we say, God, there is nobody and nothing else that will do. We need you to tear open the heavens.
Elijah saw a manifestation of God by fire on Mount Carmel. And there was a result in 1 Kings 18. We find that the enemies of God in Israel were defeated. We find that prophets of Baal, prophets of the groves that ate at Jezebel's table were defeated. We find that the fire of God fell and consumed the sacrifice and consumed the altar and licked up the water from the trench in that story. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, he saw him in his power and in his holiness, and it changed his entire perspective. You see, Paul met the Lord in a miraculous confrontation on the Damascus Road and went out and shook the world in his day. Twenty-seven years later, the great apostle could say, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Oh, God, that he would come down once again in our midst and change the direction of people's lives. Paul was a man that was persecuting the church. He was a man that was killing Christians. He was a man that was doing everything he could to stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. But one day on the road to Damascus, Jesus Christ came down to where he was and it turned him in a 180 degree direction from being one that was persecuting and trying to stop to where 27 years later he was saying, I was not disobedient under the heavenly vision. Oh God again, come down into our churches so that those that are opposed to God and those that are atheists and those that are anti-God everything would have such an encounter with his presence that they can never be the same again. Folks, I can't preach good enough to do it. I know that. These folks, as, as talented as they are, they cannot sing good enough to do it. The only thing that will turn a life around is the manifest power and glory of Almighty God. Moses saw the Lord in a burning bush and became one of the greatest liberators of all time. The Samaritan woman saw the Lord as the giver of living water and went forth with a message unexcelled in that day or any other saying, come see a man which told me all things I ever I did. Is not this the Christ? The mighty presence of the Lord was seen felt at Pentecost and the church has never ceased to be a witness, a power and an amazement to a cold and carnal world. The Holy Ghost came down in 1896 at the Shearer Schoolhouse in Cherokee County, North Carolina upon a group of simple, uneducated, and poor people that began with eight people and now today is a worldwide movement with well over five million members called the Church of God. In 1906, the Holy Ghost fire fell on a group of whites and blacks in a poor neighborhood on a street named Azusa that has spread like wildfire. God used William Seymour, the son of a former slave. I'm telling you that God's power and God's presence, when it falls, he's not, look, he don't care what color your skin is. He don't care how much money you got or how much money you don't got. When God's manifest presence comes down, he will change you into what he wants you to be. 
Pentecostalism is growing. And these are not even the newest statistics. Pentecostalism is growing at the rate of 13 million a year, 35,000 a day. It has nearly half a billion followers today. I'm telling you, I know you've heard me say this, but I'm going to say it one more time at the beginning of this year. God made it expressly clear to me back in June that God is calling us to be a spirit-filled church here in Starkville, Mississippi. God is calling us to be the ones that will ask, oh God, would you rend the heavens and come down? We'll practice our music. We'll, we'll study for our sermons and our Sunday school list. We'll do all of those things because that's right and that's good, but none of that will ever amount to anything if we don't have the power of your spirit here. Finally, urgency demands us to pray even as Isaiah prayed. Would that be our prayer in 2024? Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. God, we need you to come down this year. We need you. We don't need you to wait around. We need you to, like a wild animal tearing open its prey, not waiting around, not saying, oh, is this the right time? No, Taking the opportunity. Oh God, would you rip open the heavens and come down that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. See, I don't know what kind of mountains you've had in your life. What kind of mountains were there in 2023 and some may have been there for a long time. But Isaiah was saying, we got some mountains. Nebuchadnezzar hauled us off. Our cities burned. Our church is burned. Our temple is burned. Everything's gone. But would you come down, tear the heavens, and as you come down, the mountains will flow down. I'm telling you that if the presence and the power and the manifestation of God would come down, mountains, oh God, in 2024, let mountains begin to flow down. Let mountains you've had in your life for years, let them begin to melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. Let issues you've been dealing with for years, mountains that have been in your way for years, would the presence of God come down and begin to melt like wax as his manifest glory comes into our midst in 2024. When the presence of God comes, he will reveal awesome things. Verse 4, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. And I tell you, God's got some things for you that you can't even imagine. God has got some things for me that I can't even, I've got visions, I've got things that I think about, but I can't even perceive how good the things are that God has for me. Church, can I tell you, every single one of you, God's got the same thing for you. Stuff you can't even, it's so good and so awesome and so big that you can't 
perceive it in your own mind. Romans 16 and 25, now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. You see, we must allow God to mold and prepare us. I read in verse 8 there that we must, but now, O Lord, thou art the Father, we are the clay, and thou art potter, and we are the work of thy hand. The prophet Jeremiah, we read, and I've even preached it here before, gives us that picture of when he went to the potter's house, and he saw the potter molding and shaping the clay. You see, God is not the reason his presence is not near. If anybody is ever at fault, it's always us. We must be willing to say, Lord, you're the potter. I'm the clay. Shape me how you want me. Mold me. Make me. Every imperfection, work it out of me so that I can be ready to receive your presence. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Oh,